Last week, Chuck kicked off our new pe preaching series called Growing Up, um, where we're exploring and talking about what it looks like to grow up in Christ. Are we growing? Are we spiritually moving towards maturity? I think we'd all um, want to look back and be able to say at the end of this year that um, we love Jesus more than we did in 2020, that we know him better than we did in 2020, and that we have become more like him than we were in 2020. What a great thing to be able to say. And so uh, I'm in. I don't want to stay stuck. I, I want to move forward. I want to grow in every possible way, and I hope you do too. So, Lord, I pray for everyone here at church this morning, for those connecting in later on. Lord, would this be a moment, a new season of growth? Holy Spirit, come, teach us, show us, help us to put deep roots down so that we can grow and become mature followers of Jesus. And would you speak to us this morning as we open up the Bible? Amen. A few years ago, I listened to a pastor share about a particularly difficult and challenging time in his family's life. The family um, had served the church as pastors and leaders for generations. They were well-known and well-loved. But one day, they had some devastating news about one of the older members of their family, and it was a serious matter that involved the police. And I imagine it would have been really horrible to live through. The pastor spoke of sleepless nights, worrying that his teenage son would walk away from his faith and from Jesus because of the situation. He thought it would, it would um, shatter his faith. But the son said to the dad, Dad, you don't need to worry. I've had my own personal revelation of who Jesus is. That has stuck with me all these years. That in a situation where the enemy was waiting to pounce, the enemy was waiting to tear this family apart, the enemy was waiting for that young man to turn his back and walk away from God forever. In that moment, the enemy was stopped in his tracks. He had nowhere to go because of a knowing, not just up here, but in here of who Jesus truly is. That revelation was like an anchor for that boy. It gave him stability. He was able to stand against the enemy. When we're talking about revelation, we're talking about truth that has been revealed to us. It's like a light bulb moment that changes everything. You know those moments when it's, you know, especially like life hacks, you learn things, you're like, oh, that's what that's for. Do you know on, the, on a can, when you open a can and you have that little pool and you turn it around and there's a hole in it? Perfect for a straw. Who knew? Did anyone in here know that? Yeah. Yes. No, some people are shaking their head. Anyway, light bulb moments, that is a very silly example, but 
gives you the idea. When it comes to spiritual revelation, that's when God reveals something and we realize something and it changes our life. The key word here is personal. Everyone say personal. personal. I've had my own personal revelation of who Jesus is. Why in that moment did his son say those words? I think he was communicating to his dad that his faith wasn't dependent on other people. It wasn't built around a pastor. It wasn't built around a church. It wasn't a patchwork made up of other people's revelations. It wasn't borrowed. It wasn't secondhand. It was his own. God had revealed Jesus to him. Um, his spiritual eyes had been opened. They had seen and understood who Jesus truly is. And because of that, there was no fear of him turning his back on God. If anything, it drew him closer to God. What about us? What about you? Have you had that tangible moment with Jesus where you see who he truly is? One that means you're unshakable and immovable in your faith. One that shapes how you live. One that gives you confidence in the promises of God. And one that means you won't give up when it's really, really tough, like 2020 has been. Jesus invites each one of us to know him in this way. In fact, if you were to sum up the Christian faith, it would be something like to know Christ and to become like him. And the question for us this morning is, have we had a personal revelation of who Jesus is? And is it ever increasing? Two questions. So let's dig into God's word. If you've got your Bible there, then open it up to Matthew. Um, that's in the New Testament. And to chapter 16 and from verse 13. Let's read together. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Now, I'm just going to pause there and um, explain this phrase, son of man. When Jesus says son of man here, he's referring to himself. And in fact, this is the name that Jesus uses most of the time um, to describe himself. He, I think he says it something like 69 times. It's an Aramaic phrase that basically means human being. And when you dig a bit deeper, you find that the other place in the Bible that this phrase is used is in the book of Daniel. Um, God gave Daniel a vision hundreds of years before Jesus was born, and this is what Daniel says. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the cloud of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days. That's just a name for God that refers to his, um, the fact that he is eternal. And was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. 
Do you see what Jesus is revealing about himself every time he calls himself the Son of Man? 69 revelations that he is a human being, but he is no ordinary human being. He is God in the flesh. So every time you read the Gospels and you come across um, this phrase, Son of Man, don't skim over it. Just pause and remember who he is. All right, that was just a little aside. Let's get back on track. Okay. So who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, on behalf of everyone, of course, (laughs) You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, that just means human, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades Hades will not overcome it. Amen. What a moment, what a question. Who do you say I am? I don't think there could be a more important question in the whole of the world to find an answer to than this. Everything else is minor compared to deciding who Jesus is and what he means for your life. And it seems like there's two camps. There are those who know Jesus and there are those who know Jesus. Jesus was known by thousands. He was surrounded by people all the time. They would follow him to hear his teachings. They would bring him their loved ones to be healed by him. But if you were to ask them who he was, they weren't too sure. Everyone had a different and contradictory answer. John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, they had many options, they they made many guesses, but settled on none. Then there were the disciples, the ones who gave up everything to follow Jesus. When they were asked the question, they gave one answer and um, they said it without any doubt, you are the Christ the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Do you know definitely who Jesus is to you? Do you just know? God's heart for us is that we would be in the second camp. Not that we would know of Jesus or that we would know about Jesus, but that we would know that we know that we know in a way that touches our heart and our soul and our spirit who Jesus truly is. For many of us, that moment of knowing comes when we first give our lives to Jesus. And the exciting thing is, that's just the beginning. God doesn't want us to live our Christian life off the back of one revelation. He wants us to experience an ever-increasing revelation. For Peter and the disciples in this moment, this is not a one-off. From this point onwards, it says, 
um, that Jesus began to reveal more and more of himself. And that's the thing, there's always more. If we think we've seen all of Jesus, then we need to look again. We need to take the limits off of Jesus. The truth is, he wants to reveal himself to us in new ways every single day. He wants to show more and more of himself to us and to open our spiritual eyes to new things. And it seems to me that revelation comes in stages or um, in layers. And I'm thinking about Peter and imagining this portfolio of revelation that he is gathering. Um, See my authority, Peter. And now, see my wisdom. And do you see my power? Do you see my compassion? Again and again, Peter's eyes and heart are open to who Jesus is. And I'm thinking about in the next chapter, the transfiguration, when Peter saw the glory of Jesus shining like the sun out of him, and he was terrified at the sight. What about the first time he saw Jesus after the resurrection? With the shame and the guilt of having denied even knowing Jesus weighing down on him. He probably couldn't even look Jesus in the eye. And what does Jesus do? He reveals his abundant grace and mercy and love and forgiveness by saying, come follow me, Peter. I choose you. And he doesn't even mention Peter's past. Sometimes Isn't it the case that in our worst moments, God reveals Jesus to us in the most stunningly beautiful ways? Sometimes it's in our pain that we see who Jesus truly is as his grace and his love are extended towards us. I think sometimes we find ourselves in painful circumstances only to discover that God wants to touch us, to open our eyes to his character to reveal his goodness and his kindness and his power. I think in these moments we have to have eyes to see God moving in those ways and God revealing in those ways. Going back to Peter, there's still more to see. Peter receives the Holy Spirit and he begins to see clearly not just Jesus, but Jesus' mission. I see the church, I see the gospel, and yet there's still more revelation to come. He thought he knew the full story, but then God reveals to him in a vision that salvation is not just for the Jews, it's for everyone. That's the full gospel, and that was a game changer for Peter and for the church. You see, revelation leads to change. The apostle Paul is an example of that. The apostle Paul had an incredible revelation of Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was literally knocked to the ground and Jesus spoke to him from heaven. This was a man who hated Christians and wanted to see them dead. And all it took was one moment of revelation and his life was utterly transformed. The thing I've discovered about revelation from God is that it always leads somewhere. Always leads somewhere. It always moves us forward into something. And from our scripture today, I wanna just bring out two things. Number one, revelation leads us into purpose. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, God has let you in on this secret of who I really am, and now 
I'm going to tell you who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church. The moment Peter declared who Jesus truly was, Jesus declared who he truly was and what he was made for. And I think that is a wonderful exchange, don't you? To be told by Jesus who you are and why you are here. People, the world, likes, they like to tell us who we are, don't they? The enemy tries to lie to us about who we are. And maybe you've believed some of those lies. You're not good enough. You're not clever enough. You'll never be as good as him. No one will want you now. What kind of Christian are you? You have nothing to bring to the table. Lie after lie after lie until we begin to believe it's true. But the only thing that is true is what Jesus says about you. He holds all truth. You are who he says you are. I imagine Peter was always being told that he was too loud or too impatient or that he, there was no way God would choose him of all people to start a church. And Jesus' voice cuts right through all of that and says, Peter, the rock on which I will build my church. Jesus revealed to Peter who he truly was and his role in the kingdom of God. You see, when you discover who Jesus is, you'll discover who you are and the unique part you get to play in building God's kingdom on the earth. The second thing is that revelation leads to blessing. Look at verse 17. Blessed are you, Peter. Blessed means at least happy. At the most, it means you have divine favor of God, the divine favor of God on your life. That's amazing. And Jesus says, you're blessed. He makes it very clear here, though, that Peter didn't discover um, Christ's nature and glory by himself out of books or through teachers. Peter came to the conclusion that Jesus was the Son of God because God made him see it and believe that it must be so. God must reveal Jesus to us or we won't see him. And when God reveals it, that's where the blessing is. I, I don't know about you, but I don't just want knowledge from books and from sermons. That's not where the blessing is. I want knowledge of Christ from God himself. I want to experience the blessing, whatever that may be, that comes when God, by his spirit, reveals mysteries to me in the quiet place. The apostle Paul, he talks about God being pleased to reveal Jesus in him so that he could preach the gospel. You can read that in Galatians chapter one. I love the thought of God being absolutely delighted to reveal himself to us and us being blessed in the process. I'm imagining him in heaven shouting on Jesus, Jesus, come over here, I'm about to bless someone. And um, you know that moment, that light bulb moment of discovering who Jesus is for the first time, he loves to bless us. If you read about Jesus in books, it's good. But the, if the Father reveals him to you, it's a million times better. Right. 
Read books about Jesus, but don't depend on them. Listen to sermons about Jesus, but don't limit yourself to them. Be encouraged by someone else's revelation, but don't settle for it. Ask God for your own personal revelation of Jesus. Seek him for things you can't get from books and preachers. Sit quietly in his presence and wait to hear his voice. That's where the blessing is. Charles Spurgeon, who's a preacher from the olden days, um, whatever you may think the olden days are, (laughs) he says this, what the Holy Spirit writes on the soul is even more certain to him who receives it. The man who has obtained his religion from other people may have it taken away by other people, but he who has received it from the Father holds it by a tenure which cannot be broken. What we have learned from the Father will never be unlearned. Nothing can erase what the Holy Spirit has inscribed. And that's why the pastor's son could say in the middle of a crisis, at a moment when it would have been easy to question God's goodness and to walk away from his faith, he said, don't worry, dad. I've had a personal revelation of who Jesus is. I'm not going anywhere. I think part of the blessing that comes when we realize who Jesus is, is just a steadfastness and stability in our faith. We're not easily shaken because we believe that he is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. I think part of the blessing is a restfulness, a restfulness that comes with the revelation. We have access to a peace that passes all understanding, even in the middle of a pandemic. Having our own ever-increasing ever surprising revelation of who Jesus is, is part of growing up in Christ. We mustn't ever lose the wonder of who he is, the son of man. I I want the truth of who Jesus is to take hold of my heart in the most undeniable way, like John. John was a disciple of Jesus. They were super close friends. John even calls him the disciple whom Jesus loved. He was that assured of his friendship with Jesus. There was a familiarity between them. Jesus, uh, John knew Jesus as a friend. Yet, when you read the book of Revelation, written by John, the last book of the Bible, John says, when I saw him, Jesus, I fell as one dead. He's literally like face down, dead, because of the glory of Jesus in the room. He's talking about the same Jesus that he once just laid his head on and rested his head on his shoulder as a friend. And now this new revelation of Jesus has got him face planked on the floor because of the glory of Jesus. Imagine if that's what your quiet times looked like. It would be amazing. That wonderful, amazing, life-changing salvation moment that you've experienced is only just the beginning. What lies ahead is a lifetime of deeper, more glorious revelations of Jesus. And I want to say this morning, 
as we seek to mature and grow in Christ, let's carve out those spaces where we just listen and we receive and we worship, where we sit at Jesus' feet and allow the Spirit of God to reveal more. Do you have those spaces in your week, in your day? That's where you'll find the blessing. Why don't we just now, I think we've got some time. I have no idea what the time is. Just check. 11.25. Why don't we just take some time to have some space? Maybe you're not sure whether you've had a revelation from Jesus. And the thing is, I think you'll know. I think you would know. He stirs. It's like those... um, folks who were walking along the road and Jesus was explaining scriptures to them and it said, I think it says something like their heart just burned um, you know, when Jesus was revealing who he was and the Lord wants to come. And I was thinking about, you know, some people are very like, they feel things, they, they know when Jesus is speaking. Other people would say maybe they're, they're um, more thinkers, but I think God can come into your thinking in the most explosive way as well. He speaks in so many different ways, but let's just pause. We're gonna take some time. Why don't you ask the Lord to reveal himself to you now? Let's not rely on someone else's revelation. Pursue your own. So Lord, would you come now and just reveal who you are to us? Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Show yourself, Lord. Lord, I pray for light bulb moments right now, all across the city. Light bulb moments. Throughout this whole week, Lord, light bulb moments. Show yourself to us, Lord. I'm sure there'll be some people this morning who have connected in with church and, and you know that you've not had that one um, significant revelation of Jesus that leads to salvation um, and uh, an everlasting life with God, but you know that you want it. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer, um, a prayer of salvation where you will say to God, I want to follow Jesus. I want to live my life for you, God. If that's you, maybe you're actually um, feeling something in your tummy. Maybe you've got butterflies. It's just God speaking. Maybe your, your mind is racing. Um, God is on the move. He's speaking. God is always on the lookout for people to put his spirit in and to draw to himself. And maybe that's you this morning. And so don't miss out on this opportunity to make the best decision you'll ever make in your life. So I'm going to pray. And uh, you can pray along with me either out loud in your house or um, just in your heart. Jesus will hear every word. So let's pray. Father God, I'm sorry for living life my own way. From this day on, I want to follow you, 
Jesus, I want you to be my Lord, my Savior, my King. Would you forgive me for my sin? And in exchange, would you give me your righteousness? Father God, fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might live for you. And Lord, reveal to me who you are for the rest of my days. I commit my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen.